0: the Sports Guy Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome back to Kennedy the Sports Guys Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Savera, and joining the show today is Larry Farmer. Larry Farmer is a former American basketball player and coach. He played college basketball at UCLA, where he was a member of the Bruins' legendary teams and won three consecutive national championships while he was playing from 1971 to 1973. He was the only player that participated in all the games for the UCLA teams that were 89-1, the best winning percentage in NCAA men's basketball history. After his playing career ended, Farmer became a coach, and he held coaching positions at various schools, including Weber State, Loyola, Loyola Marymount, and the University of Hawaii. He also served as the assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors in the late and early 90s in the NBA. And has served as the head, has head coach of Kuwait National Team. Please welcome to the show, Larry Farmer. Thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Oh, it's terrific, Kenny. Good to be here.
1: So the first question I have for you is, you have played in the most legendary UCLA, UCLA teams in the 1970s, including winning three straight championships. What was it like playing under the great John Wooden? Well, Kenny, you know, it's 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 really,
0: everything you've ever heard about him is really true. Um, Coach Wooden approached uh, coaching and a basketball practice like it was in a classroom. Mm-hmm. And so everything was fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Uh, if you came to a UCLA basketball practice back in the 70s, you probably would have gotten bored because you would have said, <laughs> These guys are doing the same drills over and over again. And the practices are starting right at three o'clock and they're ending at 5.30. And they are so meticulously planned that you could look up at the, at the clock in the arena and say, okay, they're getting ready to change drills. Okay, now they're getting ready to do this because this is what they did yesterday. And it was through that repetition of learning the fundamentals, that Coach Wooden created this atmosphere of keeping the game simple, playing as a team, and being in great physical condition. And that's what we did. And because we were talented and we made less mistakes than the teams that we played, we had a better chance of being successful. And, of course, you know, that's exactly what we did.
1: So if people come to tell you off, off the street, what was like what was like being 89-1 felt like? During your career there, 89 and one, that's completely insane. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny about
0: that, Kenny, is I've had more people, you know, through the years come up to me and they say, coach, we understand that you only lost one game in college. You were 89 and one. Please tell us who was the one team. And I laugh and say, there are 89 games you can ask me about, but you only want to ask me about that one.
1: (laughs) It's always the loss It's always that, that gets people.
0: And, and it was Notre Dame, but it was Notre Dame at the, be- at the beginning of my varsity career, by so- sophomore year. We lost there, and then we won 75 games in a row, and then I graduated. But, you know, Coach Wood never mentioned the word winning. He never talked to us about we have to win the next game or winning is important. You know, all he ever stressed was us becoming the best version of ourselves that we could be. So every day in practice – we worked to become a little bit better, a little bit better. And the word winning, he never uttered in practice. Um, again, that's what we did, but he measured success differently. And if we kept getting better as players, he felt that the outcome of the games would take care of themselves.
1: That's a smart uh, smart philosophy to live by. You can actually apply it to your real life. because that's- You're going to be the best version, version of yourself in life and in the basketball game as well, and anything you do, really. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. His, his pyramid of success, um, he has his definition of success. And to paraphrase it, it just says, uh, you know, you, you succeed when you work as hard as you possibly can to be the best person that you can be. So whatever it is, if, if you work hard every day to become the best you can be, um, then you're going to succeed. And, and my best might be different than your best. But and you all you only know if you're working as hard as you possibly can, and mm-hmm. so that self motivation I think that really helped each one of us then collectively become a better a better team.
1: Yeah. So obviously after your career you went straight into coaching. What was one thing that you learned from Coach John Wedding about the philosophies of coaching and how do you apply towards your coaching philosophy while you were coaching?
0: Yes. Yes. That's a good question. Um, patience. Uh, I, I learned that from coach, uh, to be patient, uh, you know, in coaching when I was a young coach first starting off, I wanted the team that I was coaching to know as much as I needed to teach them right away. And teams and players don't learn at the same pace. Mm-hmm. And, but I had to learn as a young coach, um, and, and I talked to Coach Wooden about this many times when I was first starting out as a young coach. He would say patience is a virtue. You, you can't move faster than your team is willing to learn, and you have to be patient with each and every one of them. Um, and don't move on to the next thing until you are sure that your players understand what it is you're teaching today. And that was, that was tough for a young coach, you know, to learn to be patient. And the more experienced I got, the more natural that became. But that would be the, the the one major thing that I learned from him that I could apply throughout all my life was to be patient.
1: So what was it like after uh Larry Brown stepped down as head coach in the nineteen eighties? Uh what was it like coaching a prestigious uh program to for like UCLA? What was it like?
0: <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I was 30 years old, and Coach Brown had uh, had been at UCLA for two years as the head coach. He mm-hmm. was third coach in a row to follow Coach Wooden, um, and when he stepped down and I became the head coach, it was kind of surreal. Yeah, um, I knew what the expectations were at UCLA because I had played there mm-hmm. on the championship teams, so I wasn't naive to that. Plus. I had served as an assistant coach on Coach Bartow's staff, who immediately followed Coach Wooden after he retired, Coach Cunningham's, who came after uh, Coach Bartow. uh, uh, Each coach was there for two years, and then Coach Brown. So I had been on each staff that followed Coach Wooden's legendary career. So I was probably as prepared to step into that job as a young, naive 30-year-old as any 30-year-old <laughs> guy in the country.
1: <laughs> You'll get nervous, believe me, especially like in a prestigious <laughs> school as <a> UCLA. <laughs> That's but what a, a big great, shoe to fill.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. But what a great opportunity. And I thanked coaches like uh, John Thompson and uh, uh, at Georgetown and Fred Snowden, who was at Arizona, and John Cheney, who was at Temple, and George Ravling, who was at Washington State. These were African-American coaches that had come before me that were given that opportunity to be Division I head college coaches. Mm -hmm. And it was because of their success. And none of them were given, you know, programs that had a a history, a dynasty. Um, But it was because of their success that I've always felt UCLA felt that they could hire a young Black, a young African-American coach. And they laid the groundwork for young coaches like me to follow. And, um, even though, you know, it was, I knew it was going to be a tough job. I was excited about it. I was sturdy and raring rare to go. I was very thankful for those who had come before me that had laid the groundwork for that opportunity that I was given.
1: Always pave the road for the people that actually are it for you. That's my philosophy too. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: So you have coached the Kuwait national basketball team and, uh, Asia Sporting Club in Kuwait. What was the experience like coaching at Kuwait and how is it different from coaching teams in the United States?
0: Yeah, that, that's a really good question. You know, as, as basketball took on um, its international popularity, I mean, it's a worldwide game now. Uh, many, many players, you know, from Europe have come here and played in our universities and colleges. Um, you know, the NBA is filled now with uh, uh, international players. Well, back in the in the 70s and 80s, a lot of American coaches went to foreign countries Mm -hmm. to basketball and to teach it. And I was given the opportunity after the Gulf War to go over to Kuwait and work with their national team, their Olympic team. And we would uh, had we been good enough, we would have qualified either through the Asian Games or the Arab, Arab Championships to then participate in the Olympic Games. So I got to travel all over Asia, all over Northern Africa, uh, coaching uh, as young as 17-year-old uh, Kuwaiti Nationals all the way up to their Olympic team and, um, and to uh, train and prepare them to play in various tournaments. Uh, mm-hmm. There was, it was a language difference, but then the language in basketball, you know, get your knees bent on defense, get back, pass the ball. <laughs> there were some standardized things that, you know, that uh, bridged the language gap. But it was a wonderful experience. And to take our brand of basketball, and in particular UCLA and Coach Wooden's brand of basketball, and to take that to the Middle East and teach it was a lot of fun.
1: So, speaking of Coach Wooden, what was the best, um, how should I say, his base, best philosophy you learned from him? You know, in, in, in,
0: in Coach Wooden's pyramid of success, um, my two favorite blocks, you know, there are 15 tiers. If, if uh, you know, any of your viewers uh, have a chance, uh, Google Coach Wooden's Pyramid of Success. And it's just 15 behaviors of things that if you can do and work hard at, you give yourself the best opportunity to be successful. And the two cornerstones in this pyramid, one is industriousness and the other is enthusiasm industriousness, work hard, you know, really put in the time and the effort, whatever it is to work hard. And then enthusiasm, you know how much better you work when you enjoy what you're doing. And that enthusiasm is contagious, you know, especially when you're a part of a team or are you working with the team in a business. And those two things probably um, that I have to do every day of my adult life. There are many, many things that I learned from Coach Wood. But to work hard and to enjoy what I'm doing—probably the two things that have always stuck with me the most out of everything that that he ever taught. Me.
1: Yeah, that man is completely a legend, and I have be honest with you, like I've been following his career, and winning like five plus national championships in a row is something that that's never going to happen again. And <laughs> he that those teams in the 1970s were just. Oof, man! It was just how, how should I should say this in a nice way—just legendary, like
0: yeah, yeah. You it's know, it's wow. <laughs> and at the time, we weren't—we were playing and taking it. You know, it's an old sports cliche: one game at a time. But that mm-hmm. prepared us. And because he didn't spend a lot of time scouting, and uh, well, he always scouted the uh, our opponents, but he didn't spend a lot of time in practice going over that stuff. He spent our practice time working on getting us better. And so our approach, because we didn't spend a lot of time on our opponent, was we we kind of stayed away from, you know, getting psyched up when we were going to play, you know, Notre Dame or USC. Uh, we didn't get overconfident if we were playing a team that we didn't feel like, you know, was going to take our best effort, you know, to, to, to be better than. And so that, that old cliche, you know, we took one game at a time was really true. And it wasn't until well after uh, my playing career at UCLA. And I got into coaching when we would look back and say, you know, that was (laughs) what we did. That was remarkable. You know, we, we won seven championships in a row and and 10 championships in 12 years. That's That's
1: never going to happen again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But at the time it was just that next game and, we knew what was expected of us because the teams before us had won. They expected us to win. And so there was that pressure. But really and truly, other than that, you, the concept of what we accomplished really didn't settle in until well after my career had ended.
1: And you guys are going to live through history because of that those championships and the philosophy made by Coach Wooden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I just want to know your thoughts on today's college basketball landscape and do what who do you have winning the NCAA championship? Uh,
0: I've got UCLA winning the national championship this year.
1: <laughs> Trust <laughs> me, I had them in my final four and <laughs> I, Kenny, that surprised you. Yes. Yeah.
0: I I I really enjoyed the game today. I think the referees let the players dribbling the ball carry the ball too often on their cross mm. moves uh, that part of it i don't like but the athleticism the quickness um uh, the, the the game the players that play it really well um are now always referred to as really skilled and you know when i first started playing basketball in the 60s and 70s everybody had to be skilled you all had to be able to dribble pass and shoot and it, we appeared to get away from that and players got more specialized but now uh, coming back and, and 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 having that you know ability to to do multiple things to not be predictable has become fashionable. Big guys that can dribble, little guys that can post up. Um, you know, I enjoy watching basketball today. Um, like mm-hmm. I said, caring. But um, uh, this tournament—it's anybody's tournament. The, the, uh, this year, there has been no one single dominant team, which is why everybody's bracket is now messed up.
1: <laughs> We talked about that earlier, and the first day, my bracket is just completely destroyed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you and millions of Americans. Yep, yeah. yeah, that's true.
1: All right, so the final question I have is, I know you have a new book out. Can you tell my listeners uh, what what's the book about and where they can purchase it?
0: Yes, yes. My, my book is entitled Role of a Lifetime. And you can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, wherever, you know, books are, are ordered and sold online. And Kenny, I wrote the book because, you know, I, I believe my book is, it's a love story. It's a story about perseverance. It's uh, being a young player and and being told maybe you're not going to be good enough to play at a school like UCLA or you know, if, if you if you go there, you may not ever get a chance, you know, to play because it's the best of the best. And, you know, to start off believing that I was good enough to play there. And then through divine intervention, actually winding up getting a scholarship to go there, and then playing during you know, the glory years in the dynasty, and then becoming a coach there and becoming the head coach, it's a great story. And after about 30 years of talking about how inspirational this might be to people, I finally, during COVID, decided I would write a book. And it took me two years to write. I had a great writer, uh, Tracy Dodds, who was the beat writer for the LA Times when I was the mm-hmm. head coach. Of LA. She covered football and basketball. Uh, she was my uh, co-writer. And we sat down and over two years, we chronicled you know, my experience during the dynasty and then the time that that followed. Um, I devote one chapter or one small chapter in the book to describing what it is to be a role player and how every great team has to have stars, but they have to have those complimentary players that are willing to be stars in their role and to work hard because there's never been a championship team in any sport without players that were willing to sacrifice For the benefit of the team and how important that is and i think that message will will resonate not only with people that are sports fans but that are that are not and so again i entitled the book role of lifetime because my role at ucla as a player and assistant coach and head coach were were ordained um divinely (laughs) and the story is one i think that um readers will will enjoy whether they like basketball or not it's a good it's a good story
1: it's a good motivational story actually because you have seen basically everything college basketball has to offer and i feel like it's going to motivate a lot of people to not only play basketball but also you know get into the coaching of basketball and i feel basically i need i i feel like that's actually needed because um the world needs a lot more coaches
0: (laughs) You know yeah and and, and, and you in the book, you'll read about those people that actually coached me, but you get more than just the X's and O's on the court, you know they mm-hmm. coach in life, and I know that's what you're referring to, and that's exactly yeah. what you get out of the book. Yes, sir.
1: Well, that's all the questions I have for you today. I want to thank you for the time, and this has been one of the most insightful interviews I've ever had, and I just want to thank you. Uh, I
0: appreciate it, Kenny. It was
1: a lot of fun. So that's the end of this episode. You can find this episode on KennySportsGuy.com, Kenny with two wins, and on my YouTube channel, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. In addition, hand on over to my social media pages on Twitter at Kenny underscore sports, Instagram at KennySportsGuy1, and TikTok at Podcast. Until the next episode, see ya, and I hope you stay safe and healthy.
0: The Sports Guy Podcast.